You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in the Wondery Studios in Sunset in West Hollywood. Uh, I'm a writer-producer. I live in Pasadena, California with my two college-age sons, my husband, and my dog, Liz. (laughs) I'm Liz Dolan, also here in the Wondery Studio. I am an on-again, off-again corporate executive. I live in Santa Monica with my dog, Hooper. And Julie, you've never actually been to our California studio because there you are in Texas. But we walked in today, and after nine months of construction, the lobby is finished. It's done. <laughs> well, it's, sisters, I want nothing but the best for you. Uh, this is Julie Dolan. I'm. That's right. I am in De- uh, Dallas, Texas. I'm actually in my closet, like any good podcaster. Um, I've lived, worked, and traveled in places all around the world. I'm an empty nester, an urban nana with five beautiful grandchildren. And today, I'd like to start off by dedicating our show to Donna Strickland. She is the third woman ever to win the Nobel Prize for Physics. Congratulations. Congratulations, Dr. Strickland. Woo-hoo. She joins a very elite group, sisters. Uh-huh. It's her, Marie Curie, and Maria Gopert Mayer. Uh, that's uh, wow. so well done, Donna. She, I guess she, apparently she does a lot of work with lasers. Okay. Like laser facials? <laughs> no. I'm guessing not. No. Space no. lasers. Space she's an lasers. astrophysicist. We cannot, even, we, can't even, we cannot even relate to what she's done. But congratulations, Donna. You are our solid gold satellite sister. <laughs> That's exciting. First woman in 55 years really? to win wow. the uh, Nobel for physics. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. A couple of reminders. First of all, our October book club pick is getting excellent reviews on our Facebook page. And I'm glad because I think it's an important story well told. It's the memoir called If You Love Me by Maureen Cavanaugh. She's a mom whose daughter went through opioid addiction. And Maureen became sort of an accidental advocate in the movement after a Facebook post went went viral. Uh, But the story is really moving and heartfelt. It's well written. And I think addiction, any kind of addiction is an issue that many families have experienced. Mm -hmm. Opioid addiction is particularly tough. And this is really an extraordinary book. So I want to encourage you to read it, pick it up. You can find it at Amazon. If You Love Me is the name of the book. And we'll be talking to Maureen at the end of the month. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a link to that at SatelliteSisters.com, too. Thank you, Liz, as always. Also, okay, forward promoting the show. What's happening today this on the show? This is a big one. <laughs> well, we are going to give you all the details. We had a big family birthday party this weekend. Our sister Sheila celebrated her 60th birthday. And there's nothing more than the middle child loves than to be the center of attention. Yes. And she rose to the occasion. She, she earned every bit of <laughs> accolades this weekend. Uh, so we're going to tell you about that. Julie, you actually have an important story. You, uh, we we admit you've been pitching it for weeks and weeks now, and we're finally getting it in about credit I know, theft. as if parents don't have enough to worry about. I have one more thing I'm going to add to your list. This was brought to our attention by Satellite Sister listener Diane. Uh, and uh, thank you, Diane, for the heads up. And I think all parents want to hear this. Okay, Liz, you're going to tell us about a new movement called Nag the Vote. Nag the Vote. So Doesn't funny. that sound right up our alley? Yes. We can do this, ladies. Come on, sisters. Nag the Vote. All right. We have some health tips coming up. You want to know how to improve your walking routine? I do. I'm going to tell you, Liz. Oh, thank you, Leah. I'm going to tell you. Also, uh, this is where we start our quickie pole dark recap. That's right. Season four, episode one kicked off this week, and we're doing a 
quickie recap as part of Entertaining Sisters. So stay tuned for that, Poldark fans, or even people who don't know what Poldark is. I think you're gonna, I think you're, <laughs> you're gonna, gonna enjoy. enjoy it. Just These follow recaps, along. The, yeah. the recaps mm-hmm. are fun no matter what. I've never watched Poldark, but the recaps <laughs> make me laugh. Poldark and handsome list. <laughs> All right, Julie, you're kicking us off on the birthday party. Uh, right. Tales. I mean, let's just start with the big news of the week. It was the fact that it was our sister Sheila's 60th birthday. And all eight Dolan siblings were present. Okay, that's an epic thing. If you're from a big family, small family, you know how how much it means to get everyone in the family in one place for the celebration. If you're a new listener to Satellite Sisters and you have no idea who Sheila is, (laughs) well, we have a homework assignment for you, right, Liz? Yes. I mean, they can just go to our website. You can just click. We have hundreds and hundreds of shows there, Mm -hmm. and you can catch up on one of our middle sisters, Sheila, because Liz, technically, technically, you're the other middle sister, right? Yes, out of eight, I'm number four, she's number five. So that's a good idea, but she is... Go ahead. Sheila really owns the middle. Okay, she owns the middle. She she you know totally likes that personality. She is she is the rebel, the renegade of our family. And what started as a very generous uh, gesture on your it was a gesture, Liz, on your part. I remember earlier this summer or during the summer you had offered to Sheila, hey, maybe for your birthday we could have a little dinner party. But then things exploded, right? <laughs> I think the first uh, the first part of it where we took it from. A part, you know, from a small dinner together to a party was the fact that we had a theme, a bona fide theme. Mm-hmm. And again, if you know Sheila, if you've read any of our books, including You're the Best uh, Celebration of Fr- Friendship, you know that Sheila considers Madonna her best friend. Yes. I mean, <laughs> even though Madonna doesn't know Sheila, uh, Sheila considers Madonna that they are, in fact, uh, Madonna is her spirit animal. Mm-hmm. So, that was the theme for the party. Madonna. Okay. So <laughs> then uh, the two creatives out there in Hollywood, Liz and Leon, you took over with some of the prep for this. Oh, in my God. Terms give of- us a good theme, and we're, we're taking it to the bank. Yeah. Sheila told me, she said, well, I'll do the place cards, and I have a few things for tablescaping. They're Madonna-related. So then I was handed the gift bags, which yes. – I, you know, As an assignment, I've done it before. I did it with with love and joy, but I but I was only ten days out before the party. So quickly, I started searching for Madonna tote bags because mm-hmm. that's what you want. Mm-hmm. There are none to be found except very expensive ones on Etsy. Yeah. So I had to create my own Madonna tote bag. It's a giant gap in the market that we have discovered <laughs> now. <laughs> I really wanted the bags to be the gift because. Uh, because it was, we had men and women there. You couldn't mm-hmm. really go with t-shirts. You know, mm-hmm. you had to find something that was gender neutral. And yes. a tote bag with the Madonna quote is general neutral. So I got those printed up black, uh, with bright blue lettering that said, I am my own experience. I am, experiment. I am my own work of art, Madonna. And then from there, I just, and built- Sheila totally embraces that philosophy. Yes. A hundred percent. That's so- what I thought. I thought it was a positive portrayal of, of everything, aging, yeah. self-expression, everything. Can we also explain that Sheila and Madonna are born within like a month of each yes. other? So yeah. this is why the birthday theme was especially appropriate. Yeah. So I, I checked off to the gift bags, filled it with things she loved. Purell hand wipes, <laughs> uh, lip balm, cranberry <laughs> seltzer. Korean face masks. It was so Thanks great. to my friend Susan Pai, who went to the Korean Costco, picked those up at a great price. Thank you very much, Susan. And then chocolates, because everybody loved chocolates. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yes. That, so that was good. Yeah. And because we are daughters of Edna Dolan, uh, we there were place cards at the table yes. as well. And each place card, everybody had, uh, a, you know, you had your place card, but it incorporated one of the Madonna songs in it. So I was Julie Lucky Star Dolan. So I thought that was kind of cute. And I was Liz Take a Bow Dolan. And I was Leanne Express Yourself Dolan. So <laughs> Sheila did the place card. She did a good job. Yeah. Uh, and there were 24 people there. So she needed to come with 24 solid Madonna hits, which, of course, you can do. <laughs> And then but the, she did that, and then, okay, and we should say about the birthday uh, girl herself, there is no one that was more excited, more thrilled, uh, who had done more to uh, glamorize herself than Sheila. She was the birthday girl that was going to take in every moment, and she had prepped and was prepared and was savoring and enjoying the entire celebration. Mm-hmm. And it was it was something momentous to have all of your siblings there. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I know some families get together and they do this routinely, but for a variety of reasons, we're not always all in the same place. Yeah. So there we were. I have to think. Can I, I just say, Julie, like some of those reasons are practical, yeah. but some yes. of them are personal. There have been people yeah. that hadn't seen yeah. each other yeah. in a while for a reason. So the fact that everybody right. sort of put everything aside and showed up for Sheila, that was incredibly, that was satisfying and emotional, I thought. Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. It did remind me of the little Bible story about the prodigal son. I never understood that as a kid. I always thought, hey, what about the one that's at home doing, being obedient and doing everything? But there it was. There was Sheila, like who is like the least likely member of our family to bring us all together. And we were all together. So let's, Plus, you know, let's great. celebrate and eat that fatted calf. That's yeah, yeah. what I say, right? And Plus, Liz, you, you, you would, you definitely. Uh, you found a great location for us mm-hmm. to uh, to meet in, and it was delicious food and great service, and people could mingle around. Yeah. And yeah, it was really, great. And she, it was a good combination, both of family members and some of Sheila's close friends. Yes. So that, that was nice. Her friends and also some of her clients, some of <laughs> the parents of some of the um, students that she tutors. So it was a good eclectic mix of people. And it got the party really started off with a bang with Liam's toast, I thought, Julie. I thought... Yes, I did too. Props to Liam for really rising to the occasion. Well, I have to give full credit to someone on Facebook. I meant to look up the name because I posted on Madonna's 60th birthday and they made a note like, oh, my daughter just gave a um, best, you know, a maid of honor toast to a friend who's a real Madonna fan and she did the whole toast stringing together Madonna references. And I totally stole that idea. I mean, it, it totally was, worked. It was perfect. It totally I, worked. I want to give credit where credit is due. I had a whole bunch of Madonna songs and lyrics in the toast. I was able to tell the story of Sheila's life, you know, through Madonna's uh, song titles and lyrics. And it just it mm-hmm. all came together. You might have to publish that. We should think about that. Okay, I have it. <laughs> I have it here. I Yeah, I, I tried it out on Monica a couple times beforehand. I did rehearse it. Like, yeah. there was some performance aspect to it. So I feel like it did, it suited everything. Yes. It was, it was yeah. joy-filled and it, and it was fun. 
Yeah, it was a great way to kick off the night. I mean, we are a family of talkers, not crafters. So there weren't any like homemade gifts and no one sang songs <laughs> no. at, the, at this, but there were some excellent quotes. Our brother Dick also gave a very interesting one. He's a year older than me. So he's number two in the line uh, of uh, Dolan siblings. And it never, I, he said he started off his toast by saying, you know, I was number two and there were, I had five sisters behind me. And that used to terrify me. So I kept just, and you know, I never really considered it from his perspective, what it must've been like to have the five of us behind him in line, like, I don't know, nagging him, uh, uh, you know, or, or threatening him or, or whatever. But he said it really shaped his life. The fact that he had five younger sisters. So he also said he basically ignored us and just pointed his life outward. Yes. Right? That, that's so what, he yeah. was sort of copping to, I don't, I barely knew you guys when we were growing up. <laughs> also true. Okay, there were, uh, go but, ahead. But uh, so we had, as I said, a wonderful meal, a choice, Liz. You did a great job with the menu, mm -hmm. so everybody could have um, everything. And I can say, for my table, there was there was very little food left. Everyone gobbled it all up. But really, the highlight of the night had to be the birthday cake. And once again, this is where you stepped in, Liz, with some great ingenuity and a, and a great creativity. So why don't you tell us about well, the birthday cake? Well, you know, cake. when we were kids, we were a family of ice cream cakes. Mm -hmm. You know, we just believed in the ice cream cake, and we particularly believed in the whale of a cake from Carvel. That was launched by Tom Carvel as specifically a Father's Day item. Uh, so we would always have a whale of a cake for a whale of a dad, uh, which made us laugh every year. Every it year. It just seemed hilarious. And then Carvel figured out that people liked the whale, and they just renamed the whale Fudgy the Whale. So Fudgy is now, Fudgy the Whale is now available 12 months a year. So I ordered a Fudgy the Whale for Sheila. It wasn't going to feed enough people. Uh, so if you grew up in Carvel land, I mean, we grew up in Connecticut where there were a lot of Carvel around. You know that other than Fudgy the Whale, their sort of go-to cake character is Cookie Puss. Yes. <laughs> so I got... No, I didn't know that. Yeah, not, yeah. Until, not until this weekend. I'd really sort of <laughs> lost track of that, this, Liz. So I got a Fudgy the Whale, and I got a Cookie Puss, and, but it was Fudgy. We, we put a picture of it um, in our social feed. I'll post it uh, on the website, too. You can see, like, the, the low-end candles, the Fudgy the Whale. It was really delicious. <laughs> it, really, it really was. And I just like to say we... We used ice cream cakes because we're not bakers. Our yes. mother couldn't bake anything. Right. That's so right. that it was it was the cake of least resistance. But, but it's delicious. Yeah. Delicious. And, yeah. If you've ever looked for it in your grocer's freezers, basically. Carvel but cake I like Liz that you went the extra mile because you can get it in the you can get it at, uh, at the Safeway store. Oh, I mean yeah. we I, I can pick one up uh, at my local Tom Thumb. But you felt like you really wanted to go the extra mile. So you went to an authentic Carvel store mm -hmm. where I guess it was uh, more handcrafted. Is that what you yes. thought that the, the fact, wheel of a cake would be? Yeah, mm -hmm. Would In be fact, more cookie uh, wasn't hand even, or artisanal for her. <laughs> cookie Puss wasn't even quite done when I got there, and the guy was just like freaked out. There were a lot of customers coming in on a Saturday to pick up cakes, and so he hadn't quite gotten to doing Cookie Puss's eyes, and so he was looking it up in their guide to how to design a Cookie Puss, <laughs> but he was on the wrong page, Julie. He was on the page <laughs> that was. 
cookie opus, which is the cookie puss that they do specifically for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So he's like, I have to go get the green gel for the green eye. I was like, no, no, no. No, cookie puss doesn't normally have green eyes. That's only for St. Patrick's Day. Just go with the blue eyes. You got the blue gel right there. Just just nail those blue eyes. So there was some coaching involved in, in sort of wrapping up cookie. I said, I love Liz, a handcrafted cookie puss uh, cake. Well done. But there also were quite a few presents. And again, the birthday girl, this, I mean, she loves presents. She loves we discussed them. this earlier. Well, you know, do we really need to bring presents? Because we usually, I, the way the Dolan's roll is uh, for holidays and things is that your presence is a present, you know, that particularly <laughs> if you have to come some distance, if there's an airline ticket involved, whatever. But we knew that the expectations were high, that Sheila would, would expect presents and she would enjoy them. And she did. So there was a little opening of the presents and uh, she really savored each gift mm-hmm. and she passed it around uh, and seemed to be more, you know, more delighted with each one. So that, that was fun. I mean, I, she really enjoyed her birthday yeah, she uh, did. <laughs> top to bottom, top to bottom. Now, again, once, once again, there was one other unexpected element uh, that uh, Liz just managed to uh, arrange. Uh, uh, I guess, I guess this, was... this was very deliberate on, on your part, Liz, <laughs> that you had found a place, uh, a restaurant near the beach uh, for this uh, for this event. And lo and behold, um, on the beach that night, there happened to be some major fundraiser uh, for saving the oceans. And they had they actually had celebrity entertainment with large sound systems, lights, videos. And there he was serenading uh, Sheila on her birthday, Jason Mraz. It was was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, we had no idea that was going to happen. But yeah, Jason Mraz singing. Right as we finished the 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 it, whale of a cake, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Just four songs, which is all the Jason Mraz you need, because ba 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 ba. They all sound like that. So, I mean, he's delightful. It was delightful, and uh, yeah, wrapped it up with Jason Mraz. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and for those of you who are longtime listeners, listen to us when we were on um, on the radio. Like, we used to open our show with the Jason Mraz song. Right. So it was just very funny, Julie. Yes. To have yeah. Jason there. Like, But I'm thinking next time, I told Sheila for her 75th birthday, uh, <laughs> we're going to start working now on getting the actual Madonna. <laughs> Liz, if anyone can pull it off, you know, I think that, you know, Whale of a Cake and Madonna, 75, that's that's a good uh, goal. So, uh, but I think it was, uh, it was a, it was an emotionally sweet night. For everybody that came, you yeah. know? Yeah, so. it was. Yeah, it's just a good reminder to celebrate the good stuff. You know, I when know. your family's been through a lot of funerals like ours has, at one point you're going to get to that, you know, get mm-hmm. to that point in your life. It's just nice to come together for something that's that's positive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was yeah. delightful. Way to go, Liz. Way to go, Sheila. Well, everybody contributed. That's, <laughs> why, that's what made it fun. Your presence was your present, Julie. You know, yes. People came from all over the country to be there together, and that that really meant a lot to Sheila. All right, but the day before, we had to do a photo shoot. We did a Satellite Sisters photo shoot for the three of us because, as we explained, we hadn't had headshots taken in 18 years. <laughs> and uh, it was it was a classic Satellite Sisters moment because anytime we've ever done anything important, Julie is always flying in that day. So yeah. it doesn't matter for 18 years. She arrives with a roller bag. She's flying <laughs> 
She's flying in. It's like cut down to split second timing. Mm-hmm. You know, the production is everything. So the shoot was at my house. We had hair and makeup person there. Shout out to Heather, who did a Heather fantastic did an awesome job. job. My bro- my son, who is a uh, photographer, was shooting. He had two assistants there. We were all ready to go exactly when the hair and makeup was done. We were rolling through individual headshots. We had to coordinate outfits. Mm-hmm. We had to. We all had a navy look. And then we had a light-colored look. We did. And I think we nailed the navy look, (laughs) frankly. I think we did a pretty good job, considering we're not stylists. Like, that's not what we do. (laughs) No. You're going to start to see these photos. either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason we haven't had headshots in a long time. (laughs) Right. But but your son was very, he's a professional photographer, so he was good at directing us. But it's especially, you know, when it's your mom and your aunts you're directing, it's, that must be hard. He did a fantastic job, Lynn. Right. I was a little worried that things may go poorly. You know, (laughs) I mean, he doesn't do a lot of portrait, but he has a lot of gear. He set up a big thing on my front lawn. We wanted natural light, a lot of diffusion. He had a big light box set up on the front lawn, a big 12 by 12 scrim. You know, it's a digital camera, so it's a tactile to a computer so his buddy Dallas was like doing the you know f-stops digitech, and the lighting it, he right? was digiteching telling us uh Leon you're going to want to work on your hair okay and then and then the best was the technique they gave us they had a name for it was some, like the something lean yeah where basically women if you're listening and you're looking for headshots you want to stand up straight, but you want to lean your head forward as if your head is going over a hurdle. <laughs> so your neck goes up and over with the little <laughs> chin down look, yeah. and that smooths everything out. Uh-huh. And like, and and you can't. <laughs> I'm just thinking when Julie did it the first time, she did up and over, and then she just froze her face. <laughs> I was like, you have to move your face now. You have to go up and over I, the I hurdle. Just, I mean, uh, face hurdling, I didn't. I don't have much of a background in it. But yes, you, now now I'm good after a whole day. So you're sort of yeah. leaning your body forward, but upright and up and over the hurdle. But you know what? When we looked in the camera, it, it really made a big works. difference. Yes, it really works. That's, so you so can, yeah, you, you can definitely practice that at home. Leon, so he was, a tr- that, it was, again, it was really great to be working with your son. He was a true blue blue, uh, professional and his associates, the same thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think it was amazing, amazing that we didn't really stop traffic in your neighborhood because they do, I guess, a lot of filming or whatever. So people were just driving by, even though we had this giant contraption out on the front (laughs) lawn, which like in my neighborhood, people might have stopped and wondered what's going on. It was like, oh, no big deal here in L.A. Yeah. You have photo shoots going on all the time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was. It, I mean, I think the that you know he did a great job, and it was great to work with him. And the craft services, namely yes. the catering, uh, Lynn, you had it. We walked in the door. There was hot coffee with satellite sister mugs out on your counter, ready to go. We had a, a fabulous lunch after the shoot, so that was great too. And you know, plenty of muffins and scones and anything else you wanted in between. So that was fun. Seltzer waters. We went through a lot of seltzer waters that mm-hmm. day. It was kind of hot. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard work to do those photo shoots. It's a little stressful. Again, we're not models. Those photos last forever, you know, (laughs) as we know. Make them go away. So it was fun. And just one more little postscript. As we left, we were looking pretty good. Our hair was done. We had our makeup on. And Leon, you and I made a pact. Liz, you were less committed to this idea. (laughs) But we, we were convinced that 
if we washed our faces very carefully, we could leave our eye makeup on, including the false eyelashes, so that they would be preserved and we could wear them the next night to the um, birthday to the party, party, right? To the party. Yeah. So we were texting all day Saturday about the status of the false eyelashes. <laughs> uh, did they survive the walk, the shower, the face washing? Liz, your lashes bailed on No, you. I could or not you make bailed it. on the lashes, I just can't right? go 24 hours without like having hot water running over my face in a shower. Can't do it. So I I, okay. I, I washed my face, Liz. No, I, just, I know you did. <laughs> I, I just mean standing in a shower. I just like, whatever. It was just too much. So I started from scratch. Well, Julie and I managed to save our lashes. Yes. And it you, looked you looked fabulous. Thank you. Thank well, you Well, people much. have seen that. We posted a few pictures yeah. of the actual party. You'll start to see the pictures of the photo shoot like on our website and other stuff soon. And... We did some product shots for yeah, some just, new products yes. coming to the Satellite Sisters shop, but more on that next week. Exactly. All right. Uh, coming up, we're going to do our parenting block. Liz has news about a restaurant you're not going to want to attend. Uh, <laughs> but for- well, as long as we're doing this, I want to remind people that, you know, at our website, SatelliteSisters.com, we always have links to all of our sponsors, but there's so much else there, too. In case you haven't been there in a while, we have... Hundreds of archive shows there. You want to listen to some early Sheila material? You want to go deep into the Lab Rats archive? You want to listen to the classic Officer Rubbish episode where Sheila tells the story of being pulled over by Officer Rubbish? It's all there at SatelliteSisters.com. Plus, we have links to our sponsors, links to all the news stories we talk about, and sort of the complete Satellite Sisters backstory, including information about the books we've written together as the Satellite Sisters and Leon's novels. So just go to SatelliteSisters.com if you're ever looking for any info about us. Okay, Leon, you promoted that I had a new dangerous idea I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. <laughs> Okay. There are forms of recreation that can seriously hurt you. Um, You know, I called out the new scooters all over Southern California. You know, now that's a nationwide scourge, uh, scourge, however you pronounce that word. (laughs) But here's a new one I spotted uh, that has come to Southern California, and it is an axe-throwing bar. Okay? So, um, yeah, exactly, Julie. What? Exactly. So this is a place where you go and, um, not surprisingly, you, you throw axes. It's like a bowling alley. You walk in. There are 30 lanes, and you can play as part of a preplanned group, like you might have your axe-throwing group, or you just stop in and you start throwing just because that's what you want to do. Uh, and it's, but it's know, a bar. That's the part. I mean, here, it yes. doesn't seem like those two things should go together, Liz. Yeah, there are places in this story, uh, axe-throwing bars are places where folks go to drink alcohol and throw heavy axes at pieces of wood, <laughs> which I'm just saying seems like not such a great idea. Now, the good news for now in North Hollywood is they don't have their liquor license yet. So if you're ever going to try that, oh. now would be the time. Yeah. However, this is already happening in other parts of the country. So Satellite Sisterhood, I know you might have these in your town already. Little did I know, it's loosely based on a popular Canadian drinking pastime. There's nothing better than a drinking mm. pastime that involves deadly <laughs> weapons, you know? Uh, and th- so the first ever axe-throwing bar opened in Toronto in 2006, and there are spinoffs in Brooklyn, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. So come mm. on, people. You live in all these places. I would just like a firsthand report of what it's really like to be at an axe-throwing bar. Because I won't be going to one. I'll just say that. There you go. Axe-throwing. 
Sounds safe. Do you think you have to sign some kind of insurance release when you go in there? I don't know, Liz. That's this is sound... why we need someone to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm assuming that somebody has thought of that. But, you know. Yeah, you throw darts in bars. Yeah. Those are dangerous, too. Maybe not as Maybe dangerous, not as, dangerous as, as an axe. You could lose an eye. Like. <laughs> okay, Mom. You could lose an eye. You could put out an eye. There you go, axe throwing. That okay, that's, that's one trend for our Tuesday trends that uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to participate in. I have two others. And the first one, can I just say, as a battle-scarred veteran of the Mommy Wars, I want you all, or if these are your, your daughters, your daughter-in-laws, or if you're considering this, to just avoid this competition that I'm going to describe. I don't think it's inspiring. I think it is totally guilt-infusing. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the lunchbox competition that is now taking off. Here's the story, Liz and Liam, that is in the first eight months of 2018, posts on Instagram about children's lunchboxes, like what's in the child's lunchbox, rose by 90%. Oh, good. God. All of a sudden now what people are doing is they are creating these beautiful lunches, you know, with veggie and tofu samosas and eight different kinds of fruits and veggie veggies. And then they are uh, putting them in these Japanese inspired like bento boxes and they all have, you know, special u- uh, special utensils for the children, love notes. And uh, they're they're assembling these lunches and then it's not enough that they're giving them to their children. They're taking pictures and posting on Instagram. So I'm looking at them now. There are 3.9 million posts. Oh no. With the lunchbox hashtag. Oh, oh my God. I mean, some of these are sometimes women are doing, or men, this is, you know, fathers and mothers and caregivers are doing, how about a letter themed lunch where everything in the lunch is for the letter O. So the child can practice the letter O, maybe an orzo salad, an orange, an Oreo cookie, or a pea themed lunch, popcorn, pretzels, pineapple apple uh so you know and i can understand this i i remember these are pretty cute photos i know they are they're beautiful they're beautiful hello kitty pb and j is a work of art i know but you see how guilt infusing (laughs) it is i mean i there's you know i understand the psychology of lunch making you're what you're what you want to do when you're slapping together the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or making them the orzo salad or you know the croissants baking the croissants is you know you're saying to your child i can't be with you all day but i just want to let you know that i love you and here's you know just a fantastic lunch and maybe a cute little note or something special so that you know that you have the love and support of your families I get that. Yeah. But I think this is I don't is totally such... get that. Can I just say that I'm not that I'm not a parent. But you guys are parents. I can see how you might feel that. Wow, Violet <laughs> eats a lot of nice lunches. If you if you follow Violet's lunches on Instagram, her her mom is killing it. I know, but see, this is the thing, uh, that it is making other mothers feel guilty. Yeah. It is, mm-hmm. you know, that, and, or here's the worst, some, some mothers, parents, because many fathers make the lunches as well, parents are posting these on Instagram, and then social media, they're getting a little criticism. For example, oh, you put that Oreo cookie in your O-inspired lunch. Well, that's not very nutritious, oh. or... 
there's too much fruit in your picture, that's an unhelpful portion of fruit uh, for a young child. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, ain't nobody okay. got time Stop. for that. I See? knew Leanne was going to say that. Yeah, I was about to quote Leanne. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you know, I was reminded the other day on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page of the story I told about the time I was just through like a handful of shredded cheese in Colin's lunch. Like, that's all I had. I had some stale crackers and a handful of shredded cheese. <laughs> that was not Instagrammable. And you know what? He lived to tell the tale. I mean, he's lived to tell the tale. You're right, Julie. You're right. I know. So I just say for the love of bologna, (laughs) just don't get involved with this. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I understand. Maybe you want to look at them, be inspired a little bit, but this is a habit that is just, it's not, you can't win at this game. So uh, just uh, don't do it. You know, you'd be happier just focusing on the peanut butter and jelly or whatever, uh, the handful. Well, no geez. peanut butter, Julie. No. Now, Leanne, no, no peanut butter, of course. But Leanne, you, that would have been a picture to Instagram. It would have been good. Yeah. Your, your lunch. Some old crackers, a handful of cheese. I think I had like some oh. sad like carrot sticks. Like it was not, it was, oh it was certainly God. not uh, Instagrammable. It was, well, remember the year that the woman who won our most embarrassing mothering moments contest? Yeah. The yeah. reason she was the big winner is because she sent her child to school one day with, instead of a frozen juice box she put in a frozen margarita (laughs) and got a call from the school that this was not good yeah good (laughs) okay all right so there it is there is there is a trend to avoid okay here's some other important news that i I mentioned at the top of the show and uh longtime satellite sister list or uh, diane brought this to my attention But parents, guess what? You have something else to worry about. You have a new item to add to your financial to-do list. And here's what it is. You should now check your child's credit history. Now, I know you're saying, well, you know, hey, my, my, my seven-year-old son, uh, you know, doesn't have a home mortgage or hasn't, doesn't have a car loan. But here, here's what's happening now that apparently the dark web and, uh, you know, we don't know who these are, but thieves like children's credit history okay what they're doing is here's what's happening they're stealing the social security numbers of children and from that they are creating these fake or synthetic identities where they open credit cards they take out loans they apply for public assistance and the reason why children now are the target of this kind of credit credit fraud is because they have a clean history, Mm. that they generally don't have any other credit history. And here's the other part of it. Parents don't think to check. Who would think to check about that? And that, in fact, there is a premium price paid on the dark web, according to security experts, for the full identity of children. Uh, And so there are the good news is that there is a new law that just went into effect in September that allows parents to check the credit files of their children and also freeze their credit file. And here's the good good news: at no cost, mm-hmm. that oh. you can go to some of the major uh, credit card, uh, the credit agencies, and that you are able to do this because, uh, you know, what they're talking about is stealing your seven-year-old son's identity, and that uh, from the testim- testimonials. That for, you know, trying to, once this happens, to, you know, it's bad enough to try to straighten out your own credit history, but to try to straighten out your child's credit history, you know, work with banks and credit cards, you know, and say this wasn't, you know, is even more difficult. So, um, 
this is, you know, this is a, you know, this is bad news, but it is, uh, but the good news is that there is a new law, um, but it's just one more thing that parents have to worry yeah. about. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. That well, maybe good. take all of that lunch, lunchbox time and apply it to this, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. bad that you have to do that. But hopefully if you can just freeze them where they are now, then right. you unfreeze them like when you're... 18 and applying for college loans, that kind of thing, right? You yeah, really would need it, yeah. a lot of credit in between if you uh, if you do this right. So okay. this, yeah, this is a good thing to talk about with your friends who are parents. Have they done this? You know, have they checked this? Because it's uh, it seems like it is um, is a way to safeguard your child's identity. Okay, I have another news story that I wanted to share about things we can do for our kids. One of my favorite new podcasts this season is called Run Like a Girl, and it's about all the women running for office across the entire political spectrum. They interview all kinds of candidates. They're following Gretchen Widmer in Michigan, but they have all kinds of candidates from multiple parties in every part of the country. So last week's episode was called We Are Counting on You, Millennials, and we are. We really are. So the, the turnout of millennials at the last midterm was less than 20%. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people trying to, you know, figure out what can we do to inspire millennials to go vote. This is the, my favorite idea. Michelle King, and you may know that name because she was the co-creator and co-showrunner of the excellent television show The Good Wife and also The Good Fight. She started a nonpartisan <coughs> effort to designed to boost turnout among 18 to 35-year-olds, and it's called Nag the Vote. <laughs> She's like, let's just do what we do best. Let's nag our kids. So what you do, but you don't have to personally do it. If you go to nagthevote.com, uh, you just register them so that they get a series of emails that reminds them to register <laughs> and then <laughs> reminds them to turn out. And, uh, and one of the th- what it says on the website is, uh, how do we, the responsible, civic-minded, still look damn good for our age adults, change the number of the millennial turnout by doing what we often do, nag? So just while I'll put both of these things in the show notes, give a listen to Run Like a Girl, particularly the episode called We Are Counting on You, Millennials, and then go to nag the vote if you have a millennial in your life that you think just needs a little bit of a, you know, a reminder the way, the way moms do. That, so, there that is really funny because just this week, because Colin's a California voter but goes to school in Washington, I filled out the mail-in ballot thing. You know, they send the voter registration yeah. to us or the voter thing. So it goes to him, and then I texted him, and I'm like, and then tell your friends, you know, if they're not registered, to get registered and go. <laughs> I just did it. Yeah. I did it all on my own. So you I, nagging I, comes so naturally nagger. to you. Yeah. Just, it's. Uh, yeah, I like to think of it as encouraging, but yeah, I am nagging. Yeah. I'm nagging the vote. Yeah, that's <laughs> happening. It's happening. All right. We had a lot of great activity on our Facebook group today, uh, this week. And so I want to shout out to a couple of posts. If you want to join our Facebook group, uh, you can go to Facebook and just search the Satellite Sisters. This is our group page. And so you have to ask to be invited. One thing I do want to ask, because we want listeners of the podcast to be part of the group, we ask that you don't invite your friends. Because we just unless wanna, they listen to the show, uh, yeah. but they have to fill out the questions yeah. to get approved. We we just want to make sure that the community is people that genuinely listen to the show and are part of the satellite sisterhood. So what happens is when you invite your friends and then I have to decline them, they get a mean note saying, 
I was declined by the satellite. <laughs> Makes me feel bad. But I, we just want to sort of ensure that the community is actually bound by listening to the podcast. So. And because you know the spirit of our dialogue. Yes. Right. That we try to keep it friendly and respectful. Yes. So mm-hmm. that that is exactly why. So mm-hmm. uh, so if you if your friends get rejection <laughs> rejection letters. Tell them we feel really bad, but that's what we're trying to do. All right. First, we want to thank Susan. She's a psychotherapist. Last week was a tough week for a lot of people in America, particularly uh, victims of sexual assault. And she said uh, that she's seen a spike of people seeking out psychotherapy, and she thinks it might be related to all the national conversations we've had about sexual assault. So she posted a very thoughtful post on our Facebook group page to people who might be experiencing distress of any level of intensity. Here's what she recommended, and these are all great recommendations, so I want to tell them to everyone. Turn off your news sources for a while. Take a break from the personal conversation and do whatever healthy things rejuvenate you and refresh you. Exercise, yoga, meditation, baths, diffusing essential oils, prayer, art, journaling, music, whatever it is. And she said your distress might look unfamiliar. You may feel on edge, anger and irritability, mood swings, crying, sadness, too much, too little, interrupted sleep, changes in eating habits, bad dreams. It might look like something unexpected. So seek out support if you need a partner to journey with you. Susan, thank you so much for posting that. Very thoughtful and fantastic ideas. Yeah. We appreciate it. Because didn't you find yourself last week sort of reaching out to friends anyway? I think the kind of mutual support, and that's what Satellite Sisters is all about anyway. I know that I did. Reached out to a couple of friends of mine that I suspected would be going, that this would be a real triggering event for them to watch those hearings. So thank you, Susan. It was that's what the Satellite Sisterhood is here for. Exactly. All right. We also want to thank Jill. I mean, Jill took a trip to Bend, Oregon, completely inspired by the Satellite Sisters. Jill. Way to go, Jill. I mean, <laughs> it was unbelievable. You and your husband went for a week of sparkling weather, as the local newscasters described it. They looked for the pita pit where Monica waited for misbehaving teens, but it's gone. Uh, it's it the, is gone. The pit is gone, Jill. Yeah, that's now the that. worthy brew pub or something. Yeah. They listened to the Satellite Sisters pick Prairie Fires about uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder during their RV drive from Anaheim, California. That's quite a drive. Okay, and they really experienced it, seeing sagebrush. I mean, that was fantastic. She loved listening to that. Uh, When they got to, let's see, when she got to Oregon, they were in a Ford Flex. Oh, my gosh, really Unbelievable. They drove to (laughs) the couch on wheels. There it is. (laughs) They drove to Madras where they looked at the total eclipses, just like uh, they went to the place where you experienced the eclipse eclipse last summer. Yeah, I was there. All right. So it was a great trip inspired by all the stories I've heard the sisters tell over the years. Jill, that is fantastic. We uh, we do not have sponsorship by the Bend Oregon Tourist Board, (laughs) but we should. We're glad you enjoyed it. And then probably the liveliest debate on our Facebook page last year was a provocative question posted by Carol, who said, thoughts on Miracle Whip? That's my go-to. <laughs> oh, now, it's because on last week's show, you had a shout-out in favor of mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Yes. We felt like we could save mayonnaise. Millennials are rejecting it. Sales have plummeted of mayonnaise. They need all kinds of complicated things in their mayonnaise to make it palatable. And Julie and I are both mayonnaise fans. And we, I know, Leon, you served both chicken salad and tuna salad at the photo shoot. And true. we commented on it. Both had mayonnaise, mayonnaise. And we were happy to see that. And they were delicious. All right. Thoughts on Miracle Whip, though, went this way. Tangy, yes. 
Tangy, yuck. People were strongly divided on the Miracle Whip question. All right. The Midwest seems to be the Miracle Whip country because uh-huh. people kept prefacing their love of Miracle Whip with, well, I'm from the Midwest. Okay. Well, I'm from the Midwest. But then there was one outlier that said, well, I'm an Italian from New York, so we're a Miracle Whip family. Oh. So I didn't know that was like a characteristic of Italian families yeah. from New York. But that's but, a, that's what makes a diverse America so great. Yeah, so many reasons to eat Miracle Whip. All right. Um, uh, one poster posted, I had it as a kid, but I haven't had it in 50 years. I think that's a good strategy. All right. Julia said, I grew up in a Miracle Whip house, and I thought I hated mayonnaise. But then my life changed for the first time I tried Hellman's. Julia, that is sound thinking. That's right. Hellman's is life-changing. Melanie said this. I loved it. At family gatherings, I have to provide Miracle Whip and Hellman's, or it gets ugly. Okay, so this is way a, to keep the peace. That mm, is a real peacemaker. That's right. That's a two condiment family, and they're making it work somehow. You know, <laughs> making it work. Condiments. Okay, here's one. Pat, whose name happens, her last name happens to be Hellman. Oh, really? She, she said we always joke that we would name our first daughter May Olivia, Mayo <laughs> Hellman. Okay, Pat, that's a winner. I'm glad you didn't. That's a winner joke, Pat. She also wanted to note no relation to the actual Hellman's of the mayonnaise oh, fortune. That's a shame. Okay. Uh, this one, I, I love this. Janet, I was raised on Miracle Whip, which that sounds unhealthy. I, I first heard the word mayonnaise, and I inquired about what that was. And my, my mother told me, oh, that's just another word for Miracle Whip. <laughs> When I finally tried Best Foods Mayo, I realized the deception. As an adult, I have never bought Miracle Whip. I even take the smallest jar of Best Foods mayonnaise with me when visiting my family members who are still using Miracle Whip. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. I just appreciated strong feelings. Excellent question, Carol. Thanks for... Thanks for provoking a lot of conversation on yeah. the Facebook page. There's just all kinds of things going on in that group. See, you're going to want to join. That's right. So just search us on Facebook. You'll find us. And just answer our questions. You do have to answer the questions. Yes. We just want to know that you, yeah, yeah. whatever. Leanne made her point. Yeah, yeah. okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting into some health tips. But, Ooh, you know. I got to bring it up. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm busy here. I'm busy. Okay. Oh, Okay. These are, these are my stories. You know, we like to talk about health on Satellite Sisters. We like to make it happen. We like to think that we're living a healthier life. And I think we actually try, Liz, every uh-huh. week on the on the Facebook page. You got Operation Sea Turtle going. So I thought you might be interested in this, mm-hmm. okay? Want to be healthier? Pick up the pace of your walk. Oh. Hey, guess what? <laughs> these is- are always so surprising, these tips. Yeah. You got to get into fast walking. I've been doing it my whole life. Now's yes. the time. Yeah, you certainly have. Yeah, well, t- we'll tell it to Hooper. Yeah, he is super slow. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Now, Liz, you got to pick it up. Okay, the previous studies had focused on only a total amount of exercise in minutes or steps. Right? Yeah. Everyone's focused on the ten thousand steps, and that's great. Get your steps. But if you really want to step it up, step up your speed. Okay. No surprise there. Julie, you don't have to worry about that. But a study of 50,000 regular walk, walkers with an average age of 40, they found that uh, if they walked brisk or fast, that was actually much better for them than if they walked I guess slow in my heart I or knew average. That. I know. But then what then it, I was also told that it's all about the steps. It doesn't matter. How fast? No, it but... does matter. They were lying to you. It matters. <laughs> 10,000 10, steps 
hopefully fast, you know, yeah. which is is a little bit different than just wandering around your house for <laughs> your 10,000 steps. OK, so those who walked at a brisk or fast pace enjoyed an additional four percent lower mortality rate. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, worth which it. Which means you Every... just have to keep walking fast longer. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's when the it... benefit. Yeah, when okay. it comes to mortality, I guess every single point counts. All right, so here, if you're wondering how fast is fast, a pace below 20 minutes per mile is generally considered average, and below 18 minutes per mile is generally considered brisk. Yeah. So you want to get to okay. that 18 minute below. Yeah. Mile. Julie, you're at about seven or eight minute mile walking pace. <laughs> no, no, but 12 maybe. Usually 12. Yeah. All right. So all of the benefits, most of the benefits actually came from heart-related issues. Yeah, sure. So not, walking pace had no effect on cancer. So walking in general, all good. 10,000 steps, uh-huh. good for overall health. But if you're really looking at heart-related deaths right. or heart-related issues, step it up. The cardio benefits. Yep. There you go. Okay. All right. Another thing for your heart that I love that I wish I had access to, but I don't. So I'm sad that I don't have a sauna in my house, even though I know it's a oh, really? huge energy drain. I have always loved saunas. I love them. Mm-hmm. I, really? I love saunas. I hate them. Even though you're claustrophobic, Liam? Yeah. You know, if it's a big enough sauna, it's okay. <laughs> I, That's that, why the home versions are not going to work for you. I don't like steam. Like, that freaks me out a little when it starts to steam oh. and steam comes at me and I can't see the other oh, side. Oh, see, I only like the steam. Oh. I, yeah. But I'm saunas, all about the wet. Ooh, I saunas, like the wet. you could just sit there and it's fantastic so boring sit there and just like freak out that the door is going to be locked and that you're going to okay now you're ruining it for me okay this is a trigger for me but is it really good for us it is okay you know the Finns; they're the sauna kings of the world Uh so they all sauna related studies come from finland and are done on Finns. but uh you know apparently if you spend five to 20 minutes in a sauna heated to 175 to 210 degrees fahrenheit followed by a swim or shower you're really doing a good thing for the blood flow, for your skin, for it helps diabetes, and it's as good as moderate exercise. Really? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And something called uh, lower blood pressure, not diabetes, I'm sorry, lower blood pressure, uh-huh. improves your skin, lowers your blood pressure, <laughs> yeah. and then does something. Something called what? Decreased artery stiffness. Did mm. did you know your arteries were getting stiff? Because that was new. I could sense something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's just a way to reduce cardiovascular risk. So okay. there you go. Those are my yeah. two health tips. Okay. Ooh. All right. Oh gosh, do we have time? We got yeah, the bold dark the recap. Bulldog quickie recap. Okay. Quickie. So yeah. we set it up last week. We explained to you we have some things going on in our lives that we're not going to make it possible to do two TV recaps and the Satellite Sisters show. Mm-hmm. So we have chosen to do the Madam Secretary recap under the Satellite Sisters Talk TV banner. That is, we're going to explain that to you later. Paul Dark will be doing a quickie recap here on the show every week, like mm-hmm. a three to five minute recap. And then we'll be posting our random thoughts on the Facebook group. So if you want to dive in and join us on the Poldark discussion, that's the Masterpiece Theater on PBS Sunday nights. Their series, season four, so last season, so they're wrapping it up this season. That will be over at the Facebook group. But season premiere this week mm-hmm. did not disappoint Liz and Julie. Julie, you know what I'm talking about. We had a lot of classic Poldark moments. There was staring at the sea. <laughs> there was slow motion riding. Uh-huh. There was dirty peasant faces. <laughs> 
right? Longing glances between people who shouldn't and long. breasts were heaving. There were there was heaving breasts. It's a lot too, of heaving breasts. That. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. there was dialogue that was indistinguishable because you don't understand those accents and they needed subtitles and some dark prison scenes, which we never like. We yeah. never like in any show. All right, so Julie, you wanted to pick your top three moments from this week's. These poll are the dog. top three moments to get the discussion going on our Facebook group. So you've got to get involved. Number one, here here it is. Is it possible to be smoking hot and soaking wet? Well, I think the Poldark season premiere examines that question in slow motion, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, with a chaser of horse galloping. Yes. I mean, I, it was almost laughable I that laughed. that was the opening scene. <laughs> Did I you laugh? laugh? I mean, it was so gratuitous. Poldark coming out of the Cornish Sea. In those in those pants and no shirt. Why is he always so wet? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen the show, so I don't know. I only <laughs> so heard the recap. So it is. It is worth you know. You can do that in your own slow mo. You can repeat it and watch it again. I know people have posted it. It was just they were sending out the producers of this series are just saying it's coming, ladies. Hang yeah. in there. We're just going to bring it all to you this season. There he is, Paul D- Paul Dark, uh, smoking hot and soaking wet. Number two. I have to say that Poldark really brings it to a hanging. Yeah. That was one of the, as you called it, a full Poldark moment. It was very dramatic and very emotional, the hanging scene in this opening episode. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it it was. And the music, whoo, the music really put it over the top. And his hair hair looks fantastic. Okay. Now, Demelza and Poldark. Uh, they sit on some very hard benches. I kept looking at those benches and, they, and profess their mutual respect and love. But, Leon, the question for this season is, will it last? So many lies, so many deceptions. Do you think they can they can uh, make it through the season? I, I don't know, Julie. I think that is going to be the, you know, the storyline that we follow all the way through. I think if you have to continually tell your partner, like, no, I'm good now. No, you're the one now. No, I'm pretty sure that you're the one. I don't know. I'm not sure that's a great strategy for staying together. Yeah, I think Tamelsa is really trying to go with the open marriage yeah. uh, concept. Yes. And I'm not sure it's going to work. Yeah. Okay, so those are my three big points. Just a PS as well. I am ex- absolutely over the moon about the news about Dr. Innes and Elizabeth. We'll have to let you watch that. It's Caroline. Leanne, Caroline. It, Caroline. Caroline. Excuse Caroline. Me, Dr. Innes and Caroline. Yeah. Uh, but. It was it. Did the gardener get a hold of Caroline's hair, and did he use hedge clippers on that land? What was going on? What there? has happened to her hair? It was so smooth and beautiful, and now, now it is. It's literally like a mop on the top of her head. That's like a been square mop. Away. I know. It it's just square. It's oddly shaped. You're right, Liz. Julie, it's an oddly <laughs> shaped haircut. Now, I don't know what they did to her. But yes, exciting news for the two of them. So I, I think it's going to shape up to be a season that the ladies will love. Okay, and they can just cut out some of those fun, those accents we can't understand and the dirty peasant faces. <laughs> just <laughs> everyone should take a swim, is what I'm saying. Everyone in that village. All right, so join our poll dark discussion that's over on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. We have some exciting news to announce today. Uh, we will be talking to the executive producer of Madam Secretary Lori McCreary and the show creator and head, runner, head writer Barbara Hall. 
That's so exciting. In a few minutes, actually. So uh, to preview the new season of Madam Secretary, so our Madam Secretary Talk TV recaps will start today. We will post that episode uh, at some point today. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to make any promises. But, no, it'll be up today. We're going to preview the season premiere, which is next week, and then Julie and I will be doing weekly recaps. So if you have not subscribed to that feed yet – you are a Satellite Sisters listener and are interested in Madam Secretary and our recaps of that. We're going to be posting those. We're going to try for Monday. We have some scheduling things. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's a 20-minute recap of Madam Secretary. Remember, she is running for president. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's going to be a good season. It's, ex- it's exciting. And we're going to ask Lori McCreary and Barbara Hall all about all kinds of things yeah. uh, on, on the in the interview today. So we're very, very excited. So that feed is Satellite Sisters Talk TV. Yes. Separate feed than this. Yes. Just go subscribe to that, and whenever a recap gets posted, you'll automatically get it. Yes, exactly. Thank okay. you, Liz. Well, just a quick book recommendation. I want to recommend for young readers, that would be ages maybe five to eight, a charming and lovely and inspiring book that I read this week. It's Sonia Sotomayor's a uh, story called Turning Pages, My Life Story, illustrated by Lulu Delacroix. So this is the life story of Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, but it's for young readers. And so it is a, it's just lovely, you know, it's beautifully illustrated and it's all about her childhood and her love of books and what, you know, what a role reading books and um, became in her life and how, how inspirational they were. So I can't wait to share this with my grandchildren. I know my Josephine is going to love this book. And perhaps you have some young girl in family that would want to be inspired. So check it out. It's called Turning Pages, My Life Story by Sonia Sotomayor. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, it's good to have some good Supreme Court news. It yeah, does. Yeah. 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 Sure. It's positive. positive. Beautiful. <laughs> we would yes, like- it is. It would inspire you all. Yes. yes. No, I loved it. Yep. We would like to thank the sponsors for today's show. We'd like to thank Away, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and uh, Lola. Okay. <laughs> Away, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and Lola. Again, go to SatelliteSisters.com for all the codes you need there. We'd like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Uh, anybody have any to-do list items this week? Oh, I do. I got a recall notice for my car. It's some kind of water pump thing. And this is exactly the, the kind of thing that normally I would, like, lose the letter and ignore it for a year until the car blew up. But not this year. <laughs> it's sitting on my dining room table. I'm going to make that appointment. And I'm going to take my car in for whatever it is they need to do to it. So Routine maintenance. Yes. Way to go, Liz. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. Julie, have anything on your to-do list? Yes. I am actually going to see all five grandchildren this weekend, and I am planning a covert guerrilla-style photo shoot. <laughs> None of my children or the, uh, my or the, my grandchildren know this is going to happen, but my husband and I are going to be nicely dressed. We're going to scoop up the kids, and we're going to snap the photo before anyone can protest or, or whatever. So oh. <laughs> as as our mother always said, make sure you look good in the photos. Children always change. So who cares what they have on? Well, I'm going to just scoop them up and take that picture. So this is what we're, what we're going to get is your holiday card. Yes, this is going to the be. They're not going to be in holiday style. sweaters, yeah. but my husband and I are going to look good. So you'll be looking for that. <laughs> okay, right. good work. Have a great week, sisters. You too, Leanne. You too, Julie. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. 